welcome to The Knowing Podcast. We're here to talk about healing, about insight, about cultivating and living from our own internal wisdom, and about the intention to live beautifully and compassionately as a human being during these times. We're really happy you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Knowing Podcast. I am C.L. Grove, and I'm here as always, or as sometimes, I suppose, with my lovely friend, Allison. <laughs> Hello, often. Allison. Hello. As often as, yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm doing okay. I, I notice um, a lot of anxiety right now. Um, oh. But it's not like overwhelming. I just notice that it's present. And I think that it's just like Mm -hmm. you can feel a little bit the earth start to move. And it's kind of like Mm. something feels like it's coming. And I don't know if that's like Mm. me actually sensing something or if that's me creating something but it feels like mm. just just all kinds all kinds of relationships it just feels like there's a lot of stuff bubbling um to the mm-hmm. surface and mm-hmm. that's scary a little bit it's it's really interesting i like the way you you phrase that you know or framed it as like you feel the earth start to move i mean it's you know, you using that kind of language to describe the sensations that are emerging suggests to me that it is not a cognitive experience that's actually happening. It's this visceral, like, body-based, like, from within, you know, from mm. deep in the ground, sort of, like, a happening, you know. And and I definitely concur and and have been feeling, you know, the same. I talk to a lot of people every week, and and there's always this, you know, fairly as we talked about in the last episode, a kind of predictable vibe energy sort of flowing through everyone. And yeah, there's, um, <laughs> I, I, I resist being, prof- attempting to be prophetic or suggest, you know, like, oh, I know what the future is going to hold and stuff. But um, I guess this is actually a big thing of what we were planning to talk about today is, um this idea that, that my teacher, my Bolivian teacher actually introduced to me a couple years ago, and she said, you know, we need to anticipate as human beings that over the next while, and this was again two years ago, uh, we will be moving through what she called vortexes, these um, almost like storms of intensifying energy and and just, you know, chaos really, but just like an overall intensification of everything that was before. And she said they'll come in waves and towards the quote unquote kind of end, you know, not that there's an end, but maybe a climax of it, they will come faster and harder, almost like, I mean, as a person who's given birth with to two kids, like contractions, right? Mm-hmm. You're going through and you have one and it's five minutes apart from the next one. And then they build and build and build. And I mean, we're definitely in, um, I've felt and, and again, I've heard from many people, the sense of a sort of liminal space that we are, have been existing in for the last short while. Um, where we, you know, things are still intense. It's not like it's subsided by any means, but there's this sort of slight uh, de-escalation a little bit, like a slight pause. Like a relief. And then... Totally, totally. And and then we are going to be going back into, um, I mean, some really intense times. And this is, I, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, you know, something that is is really a lot of predictive astrologers are really looking at and going, what is this going to be? You know, because it's just intensity in all areas. And we are not, we're not 
coming out of this and going back to some, you know, predictable state of societal function. We are definitely in a chaotic upheaval uh, where everything is going to look very different on the other side of this. And and I mean, it's it's exciting in that, but also, you know, fairly in, um, intimidating, I suppose. Yeah. You know, I find it intimidating of just going, um, what is this going to look like and, and how do we prepare, right? And will I be okay and... Absolutely. All that and will stuff. the people that I love be okay? And and is this going to be meaningful? Because, you know, I, I think I, well, I know I used to really align myself with a lot more sort of anarchistic ideals when I was younger and really first getting into spiritual practice and kind of, I mean, as people say, waking up and, and, and peeling back the layers and going, oh my God, you know, look at society. Like what is driving society? And, and you really kind of want society to break down. Mm -hmm. I did at least when I first sort of started thinking about it. I, rem I remember when Zeitgeist came out and it was like, what the shit is this? You know, like, and, and we need to break this down and it's going to fall apart. And then, then something beautiful can be born. But the reality is that like chaos, you know, is, is a, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to then merge into or move, morph into something beautiful and cohesive. I mean, chaos is something that humanity's been sort of rallying against for a very long time, you know? And and so this, the the idea from Arundhati Roy, you know, that there's this new world and she's waiting, she's waiting until this one collapses and then she can emerge, you know? And I love that idea, but how do we contribute um, as beautifully and as positively to that intention, you know, where we are consciously, what is going on in the background there? <laughs> it's just a little engine rev. <laughs> was that your boyfriend? <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, like, massive indigestion. Such an intense um, sound. No, oh, wow. Just that was the street. Awesome. Oh, oh, again, it's like, it's, you know, all I can hear are the river and birds right now, you know, it's so it's, it's really kind of fun to be like, <laughs> imagining you over there in your experience. So now you know anyways, I'm on edge sorry, all the time. Total aside. This is why I'm a maniac. Right, totally. You need more birds and river in your right, life. So. True. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But anyway, this idea of, you know, how do we contribute um, to this building and this emergence of this new world. And on that note, um, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the last episode of this season of the podcast. Yeah, we're going to take a break. So <laughs> I don't know if that was a very good introduction to that. And we're walking into this horrible storm and you're going to be good and have a good time. So, also, it sounds like a forever end, not a pause. Uh, I know, no, just a pause, not a forever ending. Um, but I had this real um, kind of messaging the other day, you know, and thinking about the podcast and thinking about yeah, my intentions around what I wanted to offer and and what it feels like it's moving into all the time and, and perhaps, you know, integrating some feedback that I've received from people on their experiences with it is that um, I think that it would be very beneficial, and I would love to hear from people if they have any feedback on this, uh, I think it would be very beneficial to do um, what I'm planning as a 12-week kind of immersive, in a sense, into what I consider to be the core practices, perspectives, uh, philosophies, you know, ways of being in the world that um, I believe will allow us to stay in our center, 
and stay grounded and stay open and compassionate as we move through these vortexes, these, these coming intensifications of energy, and also contribute as positively as we possibly can as individuals and as a collective to this emergence. And so we're going to take uh, probably a few weeks here while I kind of regroup and plan these out. And Allison's going to be, I hope you're going to do this with me, right, Allison? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, I'll be doing nothing um, to plan. I'll just be trying to survive until you're like, let's go. Is, oh, no, no, no. We'll still talk. I promise. We just probably won't record it. So it'll be, you know, back to the old days. But this is how unscripted our, our podcast experience is here for everyone. You know, we, we don't have a clue what's going on. But, um, but yeah, we're going to come back and oh and really go into it you know and and i hope uh, i intend that this experience for people will be something that they can that you listening can revisit and that it's just going to be put out there in the world obviously it's just a podcast no cost or anything no expectation but that i feel like coming back to um a center something that feels like a center in in all of us is really essential right now uh, this is sort of again this idea that if you're you're going through you know a hurricane you want you want something that you're you're holding on to that that grounds you and that steadies you and so that will be our intention through this process mm. and I think it'll be 12 weeks my anticipation right now is it'll probably be released uh, we'll start releasing them the last week of August if anything changes I will certainly be posting um, updates and stuff on my Instagram at Seattle Grove or you can go to the knowing.ca and sign up for the newsletter and I'll send out some updates there too but uh yeah how does that feel Allison it feels good so let me let me break it down so we're gonna take a little pause we're coming back at the end of August with a 12-week kind of series let's call it Mm -hmm. right a 12-week series that are gonna offer practices um and each week will be something very specific as a sort of um, emboldening or strength training to help us get through this next vortex. Yes. 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 And beyond, you know, I mean, this is, it's not going to be like specific to here's what you do when the election is happening and you know, (laughs) you're really uneasy because that shit's going to go, Oh my God. I like, it's so interesting to be, you know, America's hat up here and watching everything down there. And, and I mean, certainly we have our own election turmoil and stuff, but it's it's never like that. And it's it's going to be really interesting to yeah. watch what happens over the next few months for you guys. I think we're all nervous. Well, yeah, I can't say all. I'm sure. Most of us are very nervous. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, just heightened energy. Oh my God. Well, I, I feel like uh, in this pause and I well I I guess what I'm I just don't want to leave anybody in like a things are going to be real bad see in a little bit Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. what might we kind of do to to wait for this I mean that's the hard part is the anticipation Mm -hmm. of the thing Mm -hmm. is is usually worse than the thing um Mm -hmm. and I did pull water for today the water Mm -hmm. card Mm -hmm. um and I find that really interesting in terms of like the the idea of surrender the idea of like true yin and how do we sit and and i don't know if weight is the right word but how do we just yeah float in a way release into whatever is happening um change at least for me like (laughs) taurus is terrifying so 
mm-hmm. there anything you can kind of give us? And that? that's just, yeah. And I mean, this is <laughs> on a biological level, change is nobody's favorite thing, you know, no matter what horoscope sign you are or personality type, you know. Right. Some people certainly have a slightly more um, open relationship with change based on, you know, their, their sort of core resilience capacity or their life experiences. But no, we don't like change. We like predictability. We we like what is familiar. What I would say, um, several points. First, it's already happening. This isn't something that like, oh my God, all of a sudden we'll be sort of whammied by something from left field and we won't have already been um, building our capacity to meet what is what is approaching, right? I mean, even as strange as this seems, I think, and I hope that people share in this reflection, when we think about, you know, the pandemic, my experience with people was they were okay a lot of the time. Like, yes, it was upsetting. And yes, it was stressful. And, and certainly there were people that were really challenged by it. And at times, all of us were probably challenged by it. But um My teacher used to say that if our great-great-grandparents were somehow resurrected and dropped into the vibrational experience of being on the planet right now, they would almost go crazy instantly or it would like kind of blow them apart. Because we, I mean, this is a horrible analogy because we are not truly frogs in in a pot, you know, but it's like... (laughs) The, the intensification of energy has been happening over such a long time. And whether we count that as, you know, radiation or chemical exposure or societal stress or, you know, like the allostatic load of being immersed in the, the internet and social media. I mean, we don't even realize how much we are carrying right now because we normalize it, right? We go, okay, right. this is what's happening and, and I'm okay with it. So... You know, in saying that these vortexes, they've already been happening probably beyond two years back, you know, but that was when my teacher reached out and said, you need to be preparing people for this, you know, and preparing yourself for it and and really solidifying your practices. You know, we are, we're going into, as a collective, we're going into the darkness, you know, that that in the shamanic, you know, perspective where we go to release what is no longer serving us to literally annihilate the the previous sort of story that we were holding about ourselves and our worth. And, and again, I mean that on a collective level, our value system, you know, we need to go into the darkness in order to then go, okay, what what actual values do we want to be abiding by and and how do we want to be defining you know what we're doing as a collective and as individuals and this is necessary no healing process is complete without it you know this is the purpose and and practice of a shamanic practitioner is holding the hands of those walking into the darkness and saying i can see here while you can't see and and let's you know walk through this and and figure out how you want to emerge right so I, but I mean, this is, we've been preparing for this already. And I don't, you know, by by putting this out there, I don't by any means uh, want to scare people or make them think like, this is going to be like just some absolute, you know, unnavigable kind of experience for people. We have these tools. In offering this 12-week offer or experience, you know, and support, it's to affirm and and um, continue to concretize those tools within ourselves, so that we can we use 
the stress of this vortex intensification to get stronger, right? What we call eustress in biology, which is good stress, right? Stress that creates mm. post-traumatic growth instead of post-traumatic distress, right? Where we say this hardship right. is going to make me more heart-centered, more aware of myself, more kind, more compassionate, more, you know, awake in every area of my life, right? And so, you know, in this in this space in between where we finish our conversation today and then wait until we're offering other things, I mean, people have already been doing this. Anyone who's listening to the podcast is is definitely already doing this, right? You're already doing this, Alison. I'm already doing this. We're, we are aiming to stay strong in values that mean so much, everything to us, you know, even while things kind of um, decay, right? Does that make sense? Right. It does. It does. Are, is there any kind of hints you can give us <laughs> as to what might be in this 12 weeks? Let me just grab my crystal ball here. I'm just rubbing it. <laughs> can you tell I us see, anything? Um, what what uh, would be some of the things that we can look forward to in these 12 weeks? Mm-hmm. You know, I was um, I was actually listening to a podcast um, with who was it? Uh, Blake Mycozy and, and Tim Ferriss. And Blake Mycozy is the guy who started Tom's Shoes. He's, he's a super neat guy. He's like the the original sort of social entrepreneur. And um, he recently got together with this guy. I can't remember his name. He's a Navy SEAL. And they came up with this program called Made For. And uh, it's really interesting. I was looking at it a couple of days ago, and and they basically you know looked at the science around how people maintain and and cultivate resilience and integrity and happiness and you know all the things that we really all want and they broke it down into 10 different things 10 different kind of philosophical and experiential components of a human's life right and so they they developed this program where every month you get this box and you know he said i think the first one that they start with is hydration that like basically if you're if you're dehydrated like you can't mm. expect anything good from yourself so they and they created this program that sort of hacks our neurobiology too by you know in in engaging our dopamine system. So there's all these like little things that you do, say on the water bottle that you get in your hydration month has these little beads that you slide across when you've finished a bottle of water and stuff. And and so it's this way of getting people to build positive habits um, and, and sustain them over a long time. And so I was using, I mean, their conversation to reflect on my intentions in offering this. And, and I do, you know, really, um, I know that, if we want to sustain, develop and sustain a good habit, uh, we can't do it over a couple days or even a week. You know, it has to be an investment over a longer period of time. And so, you know, even though we'll be offering something different, a different specific practice or philosophy every week, um, my intention for offering this to people is it will feel like kind of a life practice, you know, to, to really break down from not just a scientific perspective, but very much from a shamanic and integrated and, you know, Buddhist or holistic spiritual perspective, um, how we live a, a beautiful life, you know, and, and so really giving people the background to, you know, different practices and the reasoning, you know, on a very comprehensive sort of level, and then supporting them in, in maybe setting some goals or, you know, figuring out how to integrate those practices into their life in some way. So, I mean, in a sense, a sort of, um, 
I mean, amorphous community, because certainly we, we don't have anything solid in a sense. Is, I'm not developing a website or anything where there's going to be interaction capacities. But but to have this sense that we're sharing in, um, I, I mean, to, to relate it to like our, our bones episode, you know, like building the bones of that strong inner self so that the world can be in chaos around us and we we don't lose our center, right? Does that answer mm. your question? Yes. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, and it feels okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I really love when I receive like messages from people. It is like the coolest thing, and I, you know me, Allison. I've always been deeply social media reticent, you know, <laughs> hesitant uh, <laughs> to put it lightly. I don't. I just don't gain a lot of um, enjoyment out of it. I, I mean, I, I also just don't have a lot of time a lot of the time. So, but getting messages from people and they're like, oh, I listened to this episode and it was super, you know, instrumental in me kind of recalibrating for the day. And it's just, it's mm. such a cool thing to receive, yeah. you know, and, and same with people who receive the deck or who are working with the cards. It's it's awesome. And, and I see the beauty of social media for those intentions and, and purposes. So, you know, during this time during any time you know reach out to Allison or myself um, if you're listening and you feel like the the need to have that sense of community and connection because it is I mean it's it's what we have right now right so we're going to make the best of it so yeah but I will let's go back to the water card for a second if that feels okay for you yeah yeah so um you said something in there that I really loved which was you know um uh, what did you say? It's something about the yin, the the actual yin or the real yin. You know, can you explain what that means to you, Alison? Who yin to me is something that I feel like I'm still learning what it really, really deeply mm-hmm. means in like a, mm-hmm. a integrated visceral sense. But I think conceptually, it is this idea of. Um, true feminine where it's like you don't have to go out and get something you can receive it um Mm -hmm. this kind of magnetism uh versus something that's electric and kind of take charge it's like the power Mm -hmm. of stillness um Mm -hmm. i don't know when i when i think of yin i actually do think of my own mom a lot because Mm. she is incredibly solid and fluid at the same time where it's just kind of like she's um, so still and and she's prepared but she doesn't charge like she's totally right. not fearful of waiting for whatever's coming to come and then deal with it she doesn't really right. kind of go out and look for things to deal with but it's like nothing scares her. And so there is there is something that I really admire um, in that quality. And that feels like yin to me. I think also because, you know, my mom is an older, well, she's not going to be thrilled that I just said that, but she's an older person now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's something that I've actually watched develop as I've aged and as she's aged. Right. Um, and so there is something about like that kind of grandmother energy that is yin mm-hmm. to me. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. 
Mm, it's perfect. And I really hope I get to meet your mom one day. I Hint, do too. Allison's mom comes yeah. to Canada. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it'd be amazing. I'd like to meet you too, actually, Allison, <laughs> at some point. So. First <laughs> things first. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe I should meet you first rather than having your mom come visit. <laughs> we'll come at the same time. <laughs> okay, that sounds great. Yeah, it really, you know, I remember years ago um, when I, again, sort of started immersing myself in spiritual practices and I spent a lot of time, like way too much time sitting on the floor at this place called Banyan Books in Vancouver and not, not buying any books, you know, just pissing everybody off, just reading everything. And, <laughs> and I encountered a lot of um, writings, you know, on this, the, the loss of the divine feminine. And in my, you know, knowing at the time, I read that as, you know, the oppression of women, which is certainly hand in hand with the, the you know, the, the loss of the divine feminine, the, the sort of deliberate squashing of the divine feminine. And, but I, I suppose my understanding of it, I feel matured over time. And especially when I was doing a lot of reading in um, Taoism, you know, where they're, they're classifying the yin and the yang, you know, without this personified, immediately personified quality to it, right? Where we're not just going, oh, guys over there and girls over here, you know, are associated with this yin and yang, but as but as a, a real collection of energetic and circumstantial kind of qualities, you know, that are associated with the yin and associated with the yang. And, and the idea in Taoism is that the yin has to come first, and the yin is, uh, as you were mentioning, you know, surrender, receptivity, the willingness to truly be with what is, right? The yang comes after the yin, you know, and it, in a healthy dynamic situation. And the yang is, let's do something, let's change something, let's make something happen, right? And, and the argument from a Taoist perspective of the loss of the divine feminine is, we as a as a collective as a species um, tend to develop a, a, an idea of what is wrong, you know, in our lives or in the world, and then we go about fixing it before we've actually settled into being in the moment of of what's happening right now, you know. And we're we're always acting out of reaction, right? Of like, oh, I don't like mm-hmm. this, so I'm going to go change it, right? And so the yang becomes very unhealthy. The action, the masculine quality, becomes. Um, a, a, qual- a kind of running away from, right? Where we're saying, oh, I don't like this, so I'm going to change it, right? It's, it is truly reactionary. And again, the argument in Taoism is, is that that is only going to perpetuate unhappiness. You know, it's going to perpetuate dysfunction because we're never actually receiving and being um, here with what is happening in this moment, you know? And, and certainly these are the intentions of meditation practices, learning to be with what is. And that is... You know, again, as as my understanding has matured of the yin of the feminine, that is what um, the feminine is is responsible for: is being able to sit with this very encompassing. I mean, what you called grandmother energy, which is so beautiful. You know, I certainly experienced this with my grandmothers. You know, this feeling of they just love you, you know, like you yeah. can be a total disaster, but you're, you're still, you're enfolded in this all encompassing energy that says, you know, what you're going through, what is happening right now is okay. And there's this quality of being able to truly relax within that energy. Right. And, and that um, it's very much associated with water, you know, because water teaches us that we, we don't, 
um, power is not going against, right? Water does not try to resist what is happening. It, it says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to see this rock and receive it and go around it or, you know, allow myself to flow with the circumstances that are, you know, emerging on my path. And mm -hmm. this to me, you know, when I think about what is difficult for modern human beings is, is that, you know, the yin, the, and this is uh, certainly, I think women, are, and in the Taoist tradition, we are more naturally connected to this. And I say women very, you know, comprehensively in, in terms of the using the X where the A would be, you know, women folk, like people who have a higher level of feminine uh, energy, right? And we all have it mm -hmm. and, and to, to varying degrees. But but that that is, is what we are, are more closely connected to as women is this ability to say, okay, this is what's happening. And, and again, to use a birth analogy, like you are not in control in birth. You, your only job is to surrender to it and say, this is a process that has an intelligence of its own. And my job is to open to it and, and be okay, you know, as best as I can to what is happening. Right. And, and that's what we've lost, you know, as a species, as a collective, is that willingness to go, this is a meaningful process, right? And, and now in saying that, though, that does not mean that we sit and we stop and we wait. We receive and surrender, and then we can still move into action. Then we can still go and try to change things and, and make things happen. But it's going to be coming from that non-reactionary place that says, okay, this is what's happening. I, you know, I can receive it. Doesn't mean I have to like it, you know, but but that we are first working on staying present to what is occurring in the now. So does that all mm. hit home? It does. I think that that's the hardest thing to discern though, is that it's like, when have you, when do you know you've actually received something in in the sense of, of get to, getting to know it? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it I mean, kind this, of reminds you know, me. If, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say it was. It reminds me of um, Ajahn Cha, this Thai forest teacher. He he says before getting to the point of like eradicating the hindrances to get to know them, mm -hmm. and that it's like we don't really spend time getting to know the things that. Mm -hmm. I, I think the thing is, is that it's like we feel like oh I've received it because I'm aware of it, but how long do you actually sit with something before? Right. Or, or sit with the discomfort of the thing or does that right. make sense right totally it's hard it to does know. make sense and it's it's i don't even know you know this is like one cannot talk about the Tao because the experience of actually like being in the moment is ineffable you know like it's it's not something that we can say oh this is what it feels like i mean people who do you know five meo dmt like the uh, what's it called bufo toad you know uh, smoking it and where the self disintegrates you know there, there there's nothingness there's nothing to you know kind of hinge yourself upon and in the present moment i think that's the the you know the nebulous kind of quality of that experience is that how can you describe something when you're not there's no sense of polarity there's no sense of me and this experience you know you are immersed mm -hmm. fully in it and so we can you know give language to it or, or dance around it to the best of our abilities but um I would say that this is a a lifelong 
life, lives long goal, you know, or, or intention is to be more and more present. And, and then notice when we're not present, maybe, you know, or notice when we cannot receive what is, and we're going into our judgment mind and saying, this is not what should be happening. And, and it should be different. And, and I mean, anger, you know, that, that sort of righteous anger that we've talked about in previous episodes too, you know, is a very clear sign to me that the part of my brain that's engaged is not the aware conscious frontal cortex you know aspect it is it is my reactionary emotional system that's going i don't like this i want it gone right and and again we're not trying to get rid of that part we're just trying to balance that masculine you know action reaction driven and and oriented sort of component of ourselves with this feminine, you know, the practice of going, can I be in this moment and and receive everything that's here? And, and I mean, it, the hardest thing to be with is ourselves, right? Our own woundings, mm. our own, you know, sort of conceptualizations of who we are and stuff. And, and that is a lives long process. You know, we're continuously going to be shot out of the moment going, oh, I don't like this. And then our task is to practice coming back into it, you know, gently compassionately and, and with as much kindness as possible for ourselves and other people. And I mean, this is, again, as I've mentioned, you know, the the necessity that I see in, in meditation practice is training the mind to, to stay, you know, even when discomfort emerges, even when there is an emotional experience or a circumstance that is happening that we go, no, 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 this can't happen, you know, and, and that those experiences are going to continue to happen, those ones that, again, shoot us out of the moment. But can we practice mm. becoming stronger and stronger at saying, okay, here's my breath. I'm in this moment, you know, and and not utilizing our sort of, um, you know, mental constructs of like, even in that moment going, oh, I can be grateful for this. You know, like sometimes that's beneficial, but sometimes even gratitude when we are looking at true yin can be a way of getting ourselves away from the moment, you know, or away from the discomfort. We practice moving closer and closer and closer to these these emotions these feelings that we don't want to feel and as they say and you know Rumi said in the Sufi tradition like we learn to practice welcoming them as friends at our door you know not trying to go oh I don't like that feeling like let me get away from it we we learn how to welcome all of them and as the Buddha said too you know like he sat under the Bodhi tree for as long as it took for his consciousness to stop trying to get away from those feelings, you know, and and that's, can we be surrendered while being very sad and very upset and very lonely and very angry, you know, and, and feeling it, but not, um, not trying to get away from it, right? Again, going into that reactionary space of, oh my God, here's sadness. How do I do something about it, right? It's, it's very right. complicated. Again, it's like dancing around it with language is crazy. Mm. It, it really, I, I mean, I feel like in part, it just keeps swimming around this experience that I had on Monday that I've been wanting to share with you, which is mm. going to the ocean. And, and it was the first time that I've really gone in the water, been able to go to the ocean since this whole thing started. I actually went to the water mm. once in like April, but I'm from Seattle. I love the water. It feeds me. And I just have mm. not had a chance to go, obviously, because of, you know, the circumstances here. And I I had a reading, I had an ancestral reading uh, that a friend recommended. And this man told me that I needed to go and dunk my head under the water at least once. And so 
on this past Monday, I was like, okay, let's get it. Let's get it going. Let's make this trip happen finally to the ocean. We drove super early so we'd get there before anybody started coming. So we wouldn't have to wear a mask on the beach, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I went out to the water, I really, really didn't want to do it. Like I was like, oh, yeah, like I have a ton of curly hair. I'm going to get seaweed. Like, I don't want to get uh, 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 all this stuff. (laughs) And, and I felt like I did when I was a little kid where it's like, I've always really hated cold water. And I've always really hated the shock of like, just jump in. Everyone's like, just jump in, get it over with, get it over with. And it's like, I, I'm so deeply averse to that feeling. And I kind of looked at that for the first time that it's like, okay, I'm not afraid, but I'm so averse to being uncomfortable that it's like Mm. a physical, it becomes like this physical thing where it's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And it was one of those things that it's just like, I can't leave this beach without dunking my head underwater because it's like, that's the one task that I've had. But it made me think of this, um, I might be, this might be a tangent. So Brent, edit Mm, this out if you need to. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) But it reminded me of like one of my earliest memories was of being in swimming lessons. I was doing really well. I had been like three or four, I was very small. I remember I loved it. I really took to the water. And the next step was they were going to make us go off the diving board for the first time. And I didn't want to do it. And one of the teachers was in the water to catch us. And one of the teachers was leading us on the diving board. And I remember saying to him, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't, I don't want to jump in. It's just like, not my way. I'm a weight in person. And that's like, whatever. I came into the world that way. So I was like, I don't want to jump in. And he made me a deal. And he was like, if you get to the end of the diving board and you don't want to jump in, you don't have to. And I remember him promising me that. And so I was like, that sounds reasonable. Sure. Okay. I'll take a look and see like what this is all about. And I walked to the end of the diving board and I looked down and I was like, yeah, no, I just don't, I don't want to do it. So I turned around and tell him, I don't want to do it. And he pushed me in and yeah, yes. And I felt such deep betrayal because it wasn't about... Oh my God. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this it, it was like flooding back to me, this feeling that it was like this, mm. not only this kind of like aversion or fear to doing something, but also this shame that we get mm. put on top of that, that it's like, you know, we, I think especially in the spiritual communities are always getting told like fear is bad. Don't fear... Like, mm-hmm. don't feed the fear. That's making things worse. And so there mm-hmm. becomes this thing that it's like, I feel shame about feeling something I can't help but feel because it's just an emotion. I didn't cause it. It's just there. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that there is this element to the ocean and water and this experience where it was like, hmm. it, it was like, I don't have to be ashamed for feeling fear in this moment that it's like it's uncomfortable of course I feel averse of course I feel fear because this is hard and and it would be crazy to just like like blindly walk into this without any kind of like you know emotional experience and and so there I mean I, totally. I will say I did dunk my head underwater like I bucked the fuck up and did it nice. and nice. and 
And it was one of those things that it was just like, wow, this is water. That it's like, you don't have to feel fear, number one, but if you do, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the language you're using, Allison, is just so beautiful. You know, in, in just the the experience of the fear is fine. Like the fear is is okay. Whatever you're feeling is fine. And we have all these built-in or, or enculturated resistances to different emotions, you know, because I'm sure that guy who pushed you off the board didn't have a good relationship with his own fear. You know, he's exemplifying his own relationship with how he deals with his fear, right? Which is to bully it, to push it out of the way. And you then, I mean, certainly would have been set up with this kind of firsthand, you know, experience of of going, okay, fear is not okay. But we don't get rid of something that we resist. You know, we we cannot fear is again, it's it's a friend at our door, but it's it's a waveform. You know, all our emotions are waveforms and mm-hmm. and our job is to learn how to ride them and know that they are time limited and and we welcome them in and we go, okay, this is what it is. I mean, this is the the core experience of emotional intelligence is to say, here's my fear, you know, and and when we let it be there, it's not going to last. You know, in the shamanic tradition, it says 10 to 20 minutes. An authentic emotion will only last 10 to 20 minutes when we let it be there. When we resist it, it can last a lifetime. And it is this unfinished energetic loop that will subconsciously be driving us to either judge people who have that emotion because we don't have a good relationship within ourselves, you know, or judge ourselves when it comes up or resist circumstances that provoke it, right? And and create this very limited life experience because we are constantly going, oh, can't feel that. Like, oh, that triggered mm-hmm. that, you know, can't go in there, right? And it's this this total limitation on, you know, the the connectivity both within ourselves and with other people that we can establish in our lifetime. And and so again, like in feeling it, but you, I mean, I would call that like a reparenting experience a truly yin experience, water, you know, originated and water connected of you going, it's okay if you have fear, right? And then you could dunk your head. It wasn't because you got rid of the fear and bullied your way through it that you, right. you know, did it. Like, I I mean, I don't know if you were, you're a little bit younger than me, but in the, in the 80s, there was that brand called No Fear. Do you remember that? I do, you know I do it was, remember it was, that. Yes. It was so yeah. bad. Yeah. Like the 80s were so bad. The shit that, that like happened back then, you know, <laughs> except I'd kind of give my left arm for a, a snow ice jacket these days, you know, like that super hip, like fluorescent. Anyways, but no fear had all of these sayings, you know, that was like bully the fear and get rid of it. And except there was one that said, feel the fear, but do it anyways. And it was, yes. that was, I had that shirt, you know, and, and I, because I was such a, scared shitless kid you know I think my mom was like please take this to heart like please internalize this saying you know but it was the close the closest that you know I I think I came in sort of conceptualizing this idea in childhood was that like you can be afraid and still do something you know and but it's it's again that yin of going here I'm going to receive this fear I'm going to say that this is okay that I'm feeling it and if we are actively not receiving it we're going to be engaging in unhealthy yang practice which is pushing ourselves off the diving board, right? Which is going to create trauma. 
It's not. I mean, certainly that what that guy did, you know, set you up for a lifetime of, I mean, certainly not having a good relationship with diving boards, but like, you know, all sorts of other emotional <laughs> like, challenges, again. right? Totally. Yeah. I'm sure. No I doubt. Mean, honestly, right? I actually did start to regress. And then I started to like go, I started, they put me behind, behind, behind. I eventually right, taught myself right. to swim, but I totally, uh, it totally yeah. messed me up around water. Yeah. And then the shame yes. of like, wow, I used to be good at this thing and now I can't do it. And I mean, even the use of that word regress, you know, that's, that's such a bizarre concept when you think about it, like that I regressed. It's like, no, I mean, I don't think we go backwards in that sense. We might not be able to sustain the growth trajectory that we were on, but like there's so much judgment in that, you know, and and instead mm, of going, well, what happened for little little Allison, you know, so that all of a sudden she's lost right. her enthusiasm for this, right? But right. but yeah, I mean that the our willingness to feel these feelings and to be good parents to these feelings, good good friends to these feelings, you know, and experience them on a very body-based level. They're not they're not mental constructs as much as we often experience them that way. You know, they are feelings in the body. And I bet that's what you were feeling when you were at the ocean was like this like four-year-old sensation of relationship with totally. water and the ocean and stuff. And and I mean I often say to people when we're doing this and it what you were doing there was actually a soul retrieval, right? Of retrieving and reconnecting with that part of you who is still stuck in the, the past, you know, feeling those feelings that she didn't know how to be a good host to, you know, and she, nobody taught her how to navigate them. So they got stuck. And so we fragment, mm -hmm. we break off from the part of our soul self that's feeling those feelings and we banish her to the past and say, you know what? I don't, I, I don't know how to deal with this shit. So you stay back there so the rest of me can continue through time. Time. And when we're right. doing healing work and going back and saying, okay, I'm ready to feel these feelings, you know, I, I say to people like your four-year-old self was not rational, you know, and her feelings were so intense. Like they were, they're way more than you can imagine as an, an adult, you know, and it can be this like flooding sensation of, of you know, the, the reconnection and, and finishing in a sense of that emotional loop, you know, and then she can come back to us because we are, we are saying whatever you were feeling then we can receive now, you know, and I, again, I, I think that the yin, when people characterize it as just, you know, the, the burning of witches or the oppression of women, I mean, certainly, again, that is part of it, but it is not the whole story. And it really limits our conceptualization of the work to be done as a species right now, which is, again, the, the reconnection with healthy, yin, surrendered, watery sort of experiences where we say, can we meet with what is, you know, and, and say yes to it first? And then, yeah, sure, we can say no after. We can, we can go into action and fix things, but can we practice being present and, and available in this moment, you know? And, and I think that, again, to come back to what we'll be offering, you know, in this 12 weeks is, is figuring out, you know, these practices are, are kind of what I see as the things that bring us back to being able to be okay in this moment, right? To, to say yes to what is, even though we know we want to also say no, there's a lot of shit that needs to change, you know, and that is absolutely certain. But I, we are not going to create a more beautiful world by coming from that reactionary place. Should we stop recording? You tell me. <laughs> I think so. Okay. <laughs> the Knowing is an IntelliKey production and was recorded and produced on the traditional unceded territory of the Northern Sequipnik people. 
Music, editing, and production by Brent Morton at Bell Tower Audio. May our hearts and minds remain open. May we meet this day with equanimity and compassion. And may we remember our belonging to this earth, to each other, and to all that is. Thank you.